Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. Uh, Today, Dan and I are going to take a look at um, not just the real estate market. We're going to reference everything in relation to the real estate market. But today, we also want to start paying attention to some of the other marketplaces um, that influence the real estate market or that influence people in the real estate market because it's impossible right now to ignore it. Um, And I'm specifically talking a lot about U.S stocks um, and a lot of the technology and stuff that we use every day and how that's changing our lives and um, how that also impacts real estate. Anyone with stocks or, or paying any attention, like Ryan said, uh, it is hard to ignore that, you know, every day you hear about the NASDAQ being at an all-time high. Uh, today, we're, we are recording this on December the 17th, and as I'm driving in, the, the news on the radio was, yeah, NASDAQ for the third straight day in a row hit an all-time high. 30,000. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something that you can't ignore anymore, and I think, um, y- you know, a lot of us, uh, especially especially realtors, we, we deal with the, the question all the time of, you know, should I be buying stocks or should I be putting it into, into real estate? And I, I think in large part, um, real estate has kind of had uh, um, the sort of long-term hold, if you will, uh, against stocks, whereas now stocks are, you've got some of these companies now, I mean, you're looking at, you know, companies like Apple and uh, companies like Amazon, which I don't know about you, Dan. I'm feeling like those companies are going to be around for a very long time. Yeah, it's starting to look like uh, tech will dominate forever, in yeah. a sense. But <laughs> yeah. but also, yeah, I mean, the, the leaders are becoming even stronger, yeah. you know, year after year here. And it's kind of like, you know, we all know who the big boys are now or big girls are. And, you know, they, they're only getting more market share, getting yeah. more powerful. And, of course, their stocks are emulating that power. Yeah, and... Before we go any further, uh, this definitely isn't a podcast um, about investment uh, and and stock picks. I yeah, just want to yeah, get we're that. We're not the <laughs> stock advisors here whatsoever. We, we are just ob- observing the fact that, um, well, actually, just the fact that you can't ignore it. it it's now because we we often deal with you know should I be putting money in real estate or money in stocks? And right now, it's a very difficult thing to to say because both are at all time highs. And let's, yeah, true. That's it, right? Locally, we are uh, always watching the market very closely and, and real estate is a very hot topic item in Vancouver, regardless yeah. whether you're an owner or not. And yeah, just last month, or sorry, in October, the median home price in GBRD was an all-time high. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and here we are again, the, the, the last three of four months are going to be all-time high uh, sales volumes. Yeah. Right? Activity so levels just, are just through the roof right now. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I've seen uh, a number of articles in the uh, snail mail that come out very slow, but are calling for anywhere between sort of 8 and 10% growth next year in the real estate market alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that there's, that's a bit more of a broader statement about equity markets. I think you're going to see equity markets grow significantly as well. And that just... That that means all types of ownership, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, ownership in businesses as well as ownership in real estate. 
And the two obviously affect one another as well, right? We've had clients this year who have said, look, I've done so well in the stock market this year. Uh, My down payment has increased significantly and my purchase price has too. Well, how funny funny you mentioned that. I I have a client of mine who... Uh, this time last year, actually, we were looking at places, and uh, it was a month from today, this time last year, that we had put an offer in on a place, and it was a crazy bidding war. Um, anyways, long story short, we didn't we didn't complete on it. Um, and when I checked in with him a little bit later, he wanted to you know decompress and then look at it a little bit later. And we did, and he has done so well putting money into uh, stocks and bonds mm-hmm. in the meantime. Um, that now we were looking at a one bedroom, we're now looking at a two, right? And so um, there has to be an argument for uh, diversification of having your money in both, I, I think, because um, home ownership is, is definitely a part of where to put your money in a safe kind of environment, um, one that you could expect sort of you know, at least next year between six and 10%, you know, I, I think, but you, you look at, you know, the Dow Jones and, and then the NASDAQ and the things that it's going on over there. And you can put smaller amounts of money to work over there that will change your life. And I think that that's kind of uh, what we should be getting at in the, in this conversation. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. So we did touch on the fact that yes, uh, NASDAQ is at an all time high. It's about uh, 12,700 today. You know, it was only a year ago that it was at 9,000. Wow. Uh, So we obviously a massive jump. Anybody having their money in just, you know, NASDAQ (laughs) related funds. uh, 30 30 plus percent growth. So let's look at a few others here. Um, Because it's not just the NASDAQ that's performing so well. Uh, Mm -hmm. What else is at an all time high? Dow Jones. Yep. S and P five hundred up, um, even TSX. Uh, it did hit an all time high earlier pre pandemic. It wow. it got uh, clobbered like everything else, but it's only <laughs> a couple percent down yeah. from what its all time high was, and also rising. Like the trajectory is very strong. So why why are, why is everything up? And i i don't I don't expect us to have you know the answer entirely here because I'm sure the answer is so encompassing that we can't cover all the topics, but. I would like to think that the major reasons uh, certainly have to do with interest rates, at least in the States and in Canada, they are at all time lows, mm-hmm. <laughs> conversely. Yeah. So, and in any kind of economic forum, you're going to have this inverse relationship. So if you have all time highs, chances are you've got something that's an all time low. Right. So, I mean, you look at uh, the 10 year bond, for example, uh, in the States here, you're, you're going to get a return of 0.6% right. on your money, right? Yeah. Who in their right mind is going to look at that and say, great, yeah, that's where I want my money to no, be. You're just not. So, no. so money's pulling out of those uh, bonds and they're going into other assets, Yeah. right? And, and when the stock market is looking and performing as strong as it is, it's it's going to kind of create a bit of investor euphoria and, and create more people wanting to buy into it. Yeah. Um, I also think um, with things like the vaccine coming into play here, and I don't want to say this pandemic is coming to an end, but I would like to think that there's light at the end of the tunnel, which means it's going to change people's behavior, right? In a big way. And that's just it. Markets are forward thinking. Mm-hmm. Right, people don't really invest in what they think is happening today. They invest in what they expect it to be in the future. That's a good point. So, you know, if we are coming out of a, a pandemic, or at least that's the general consensus or or, or sort of uh, investors' mindset here, it's it's going to be a positive one. Yeah, and I think when you look at the fact that I, you just don't want to get caught up in euphoria because it of can course. it can definitely bite you in the ankles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think when you, you consider the fact, like something like an airline company, 
who's been underwater or near underwater for the last year, you know, is now a good time to be looking at buying Air Canada and WestJet stock. Um, you know, as the vaccine comes into play and rolls out over the year, are airplanes going to start flying again? And if airplanes start flying again, are they going to start flying to Europe? Mm-hmm. Are they going to start flying to China? Where are they going to start flying to in a big way? Right. Because that, that'll affect those markets. Of course. And, and that actually, actually makes me kind of think a little bit of... Uh something closer to home here being, let's say, the downtown condo market. Sure. Right. So downtown condos have been hit quite hard, Uh, you know, specifically downtown core, about 14% decrease in in, uh, average value there just since March. Wow. Right. This is for your one and two bed condos downtown. So sure, if those got hit so hard, uh, you know, when we are talking about the light at the end of the tunnel for condos, you know, is that uh, when the borders open up and and immigration really kind of kicks into high gear? excuse me, into high gear here? Because yeah, once people start flooding in, does that type of property become really exciting again for investors? I mean, I'm inclined to say yes. Right. Um, sure. and, and I'm inclined to say that because, well, well, let's look at maybe how a little bit more entwined some of those condos are maybe um, involved when it comes to companies like Amazon. Mm-hmm. You've got Amazon downtown they're building towers for their employees. Towers, right? We're talking thousands of employees that some are here and some are still coming. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not going to be able to house every one of them, right? So at the end of the day, there's going to have, there's going to be secondary and, and um, other periphery markets for these people. And that will help boost that asset class. Absolutely. It will. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, condominiums are very good when it comes to people who are on a one-year contract, mm-hmm. which these tech companies do a lot of, right? So they That's move people it. around all over the place. So, um, I would like to think that, yes, it's starting to look like um, the discount for condominiums is going to come into play soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't see how it doesn't, you know, and, and the, you look at, there's another convert or, or another point I'd like to make. We talked about Air Canada um, as potentially being a good buy now based on what we think is coming in the future, right? That's all just based on the fact that we think, you know, airplanes are going to start flying again. Well, if we start to believe that people are going to start renting again, well, then it's a it's a logical theory. If you look at Air Canada back in December of last year, it saw it was a forty dollars stock. Then, <clears throat> through most of this year, it was down at about twelve. Right, that's a significant loss, huge loss. Mm-hmm. We're talking fifty plus percent, sixty plus percent. We saw fourteen percent loss in real estate by comparison. So in terms of it being a stable investment, it's far more so, especially in a time of um, uncertainty than a stock would be, right? And I, and I, I just want to illustrate that as well. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, yes, you get excited about the upside, but you got to protect your downside, right? Right, and, and that just goes to show that. And continuing the thought about condos, let's not forget, it was only nine months ago, back in March, when, when downtown was pretty much one of the most sought after areas yep. to live and for real estate, yep. right? People were screaming about affordability. Um, you know, they were not really densifying at a rate that was keeping up to demand. Yep. Rents were increasing. And, and basically, you know, you had vacancy rates at what, 0.01%. We did have the emergence of the strata crisis, mm-hmm. but it didn't seem to be pushing the market the way that we thought it would. Right. 
it is now more so, but that's a culmination of effects. Yeah. And I guess to, to emulate what may happen here with the airlines, you know, downtown, can it become desirable again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. Again, it, it's quick to, it's easy to forget what life was like, totally. maybe even nine months ago, yep. but the infrastructure and everything is obviously in place there. So, you know, for the, for the, for the businesses that do, let's say, move back or do reopen downtown, a lot of the employees are going to want to live nearby. I would, I would tend to agree. Right. And let's not forget about tourism as well, right? All the Airbnb market can come back slowly, but it probably will come back again once borders are, are reopened. And, and if, if we can take in visitors and, uh, by summer, yeah, of course, there's going to be people that are going to be like, okay, now's the time to get back into a condo as an investment. Well, I think you just hit the nail on the head for maybe something we should explore a little bit here. Airbnb. Mm-hmm. That's a stock yeah. that, hello, a couple days ago, if you tried to buy it at 68 bucks, <laughs> I'm sorry, you try buying it at 140. Yeah. Right. That's what mm-hmm. happened on day one. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I've been speaking to you about Airbnb are quite bullish on next year because yeah. once the vaccine comes into play and it starts to get itself sorted out, I think you're going to see some great growth coming out of Airbnb as a lot of people start to move around and travel again. Well, think about that. Think of the year Airbnb has just had. Yeah. Probably their worst. Yeah. On record. Yeah. And yet the demand for it is yeah. incredibly high. Why? Because the markets are forward thinking. That's right. Forward looking rather. Yeah. So people are thinking, okay, great. I've used Airbnb a dozen times in the last five years. Yeah. I will use them again. Well, I'm going to invest in what I know. And that's the thing. It's already a product we know how to use, right? So it's kind of like something we're putting on hold um, until the time comes where we can use it again and mm-hmm. when we come to use it again it's going to be even more valuable because the demand to use it will be exponentially higher than where it was before mm-hmm. and um you know it's it's another look at how the real estate market is entwined in these u.s stocks and not just u.s but canadian stocks mm-hmm. as well right um you know i think we talk a little bit about the fact that uh, stimulus checks have made their way into the marketplace here um, and, and this is, uh, you know, this has also helped fuel one, the real estate market, but also the investment marketplace. Yeah, that's it. We keep, uh, reporting on the fact that right now just Canadians have an extra $92 billion in their savings accounts from pre pandemic times. <laughs> and, and of course, a lot of that is making its way into markets, right? Yeah. And, and sure, if that came from over stimulus from the government, you know, it is what it is. It's a reality, yeah. you know, like it or hate it. So Do people, something with it though. The, yeah, sure. Right. right. If, if you're going to make your, your 0.6% sitting in a bank or a bond, yet the markets are going up 40, 50% a year, it's, uh, it's, it's hard not to look at that as an option. So I'm sitting here. And I'm thinking to myself, and this is real. I'm not. I'm not putting myself in this position. I am wondering if I'm looking at real estate next year. I'm looking at a portfolio, and I'm thinking to myself, I honestly think I should be in both. Mm-hmm. I think I should be in a mixture of real estate, and I think I should be taking advantage of the forward-thinking um, position of the marketplace yeah. be- because I think you're going to win in both. I would agree. I would agree. And, and it's interesting. It's easy to look back at all these stocks and be like, oh, I thought about buying that last year. Or which I do Which ago. I do all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah same. I, I think a lot of people do. It's, it's, yeah. um, it's a bit of a natural human totally. trait, I think. But, you know, and, and when we look back at these ones, it seems so obvious because these are things we use every day. Well, that is a big part of where I, I think sound investing comes from, mm-hmm. right? I, I own my house because I use it every day. So I know I understand its value, 
Right. Right. And I think that's when people say to me, oh, you know, like uh, I invested in this stock or, or what do you think I should invest in coming in, into next year? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that if you invest in the things that you simply use every day, chances are you're going to do pretty well, unless you're maybe the odd person out of a whole bunch who uses something different. <laughs> I'm talking like, do you use Amazon for your, for your deliveries? Right. Right. Like, uh, do you use, uh, uh, an Apple watch? How many Apple products do you have in your home right now? Well, as a, yeah, I mean, we're talking about the strongest brand we know. Yeah. Right. It's in the marketplace right now. Um, another really big one that I use all the time and I don't know why I have no problem spending $200 on a pair of Nikes. Mm-hmm. But I can't bring myself to spend 150 bucks on their share or, or on their on their stock, mm-hmm. which is crazy because this time last year it was like half of what it is now. Yeah, and and I use that product every day. Literally, I wear their shoes every day. And when I go mm-hmm. to put on a different pair, like Under Armour, <laughs> I don't like them. Sure, there you go. But there's there's something there, mm-hmm. right? And then you look at the fact that Under Armour stock is fifteen dollars. And you look at Nike at 150 mm-hmm. and dominating its space because it's what people want and use every day. Yeah. And then always there's going to be the argument for the disruptors, right? A yeah. buzzword that's been around for a while, but still, obviously what we're going to reference here is Tesla. Yeah. Right? It's obviously the first mega successful electric car company that has a lot of auxiliary projects that are incredibly enticing. And so people are, are fascinated by this. And ultimately, there you work. You know, well, these are these are good and beautiful vehicles that have proven to work, and and the stock is emulating that and, and, as well. And I think that the technology they're building, and and I think Elon has a lot to do with their success as well. I of mean, course. I think that's a given. But um, you know, when I look at Tesla, I think what I what I really like about Tesla is every every time somebody says the company is overvalued, or, or sometimes whenever they say, "Oh wait, it's going to drop," or they bet against Tesla, mm-hmm. it doesn't (laughs) it keeps innovating and it keeps growing and it keeps making moves i think it just sold five billion dollars worth of its stock back Mm -hmm. to to investors well that's going to pay for the vast majority of their new infrastructure right so they're putting the money to work and they're they're, they keep coming up with new products that disrupt the current fields and one way to think about that and why tesla is important is because if you think about uber for example and taxi companies you would have thought that maybe the disruptive technology would have came from inside the industry. That's where they know where all the holes are, mm-hmm. right? Interesting. But why is it that it's a tech company, an outsider, that noticed the biggest hole? Mm-hmm. So well, all of these cars are actually potential cabs. Right. We yeah. just need people to feel that and understand that. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, the biggest disruptors typically come from outside of the industry. Do you remember, too, to talk a bit about excitement into stocks and why things are as appealing as they are? Sure. The The house that we bought this year in Anmore, mm-hmm. do you remember walking through it the first time and the developer was there and they were showing off their product yeah. and they saved what they called sort of the best for last, right. which was the mechanical room. <laughs> that was something. And in that mechanical <laughs> room, they had the first two power or Tesla power walls that were ever brought or installed in a Canadian home. And they were so proud of this. They loved showing it off, right? They're like, yeah, we got Tesla first. Totally. And I think that story kind of emulates a lot of the allure and mystique around Tesla Mm -hmm. and people, and uh, and honestly a bit of Apple too, right? Because who doesn't want that new Apple phone on day one as well? Well, the other really cool thing about that, those Tesla power walls were that it made an 8,000 square foot home net zero, Mm -hmm. right? And I mean, you could put across that roof, um, 
I know Tesla Tesla's coming out with, uh, you know, solar powered energy, uh, roofs that you can install on your home to power your Tesla, Tesla batteries mm-hmm. to make your home net zero. Right. And at the end of the day, I'm sorry, but that's just something that, uh, is going to revolutionize the way we build homes. Right. Yeah. So again, kind of talking more about, um, not knowing what to invest in or, or just thinking or realizing it's maybe just as simple as the things we use every day. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we're not telling you to invest in these things, but one thing I've realized quite recently is when I pick up my phone and I look at all the apps I have in there. <laughs> There's a know, good list of companies. <laughs> yeah. Nine out of 10 of these are up, you know, a thousand percent in well, the last five years. Flip your phone open right now and, and give me a, just swipe left once and sure. tell me, tell me your top three on that page. Nike, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Google, YouTube, uh, DoorDash, uh, Airbnb. So you've listed off prob- Uber. <laughs> you've probably listed off what ten or ten of some of the biggest companies in the world right now. Yeah, and I use these you know often on a daily basis. So, and how much of them do you own? Not enough. There you go. Yeah. Right? Why? Yeah. This is crazy when mm-hmm. we think about this. Right? Like, how often do I go on to iTunes to listen to music? Every day, mm-hmm. right? Um, I go and check my Gmail every day, right? Google, I'm sorry, Google's not just a search engine anymore. They're revolutionizing the way AI works. They are actually one of the biggest leaders in autonomous driving with over 10 million miles of autonomous driving done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we're on the, the verge of some, some really cool trans- transformative stuff. Um, it's going to change the way we live our lives and change the way that we ultimately use real estate. Mm -hmm. You know, um, this year obviously is is very different as well, right? This mm -hmm. is the first recession we've gone through. Uh, it doesn't feel like one. Well, not only does it not feel like one, it's the markets are doing the opposite. Obviously the housing market here is doing the opposite of what normally happens in a recession. And the stock markets down South are doing the opposite of what they normally do in a recession. Uh, this is largely driven, of course, by the stimulus. Right. Um, but it's it's also really showing and really speaking to what type of assets the governments and banks protect in each mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. Right. In Canada, when we saw the, the the lockdowns about to happen, the banks with their um, deferrals, yeah, mortgage deferrals that they offered, you know, and of course the government with their stimulus instantly kicked in, so that largely, yes, that people could continue to you know survive and eat, but also to really protect the housing market, the, the investments that they've made. Yeah, in, yeah. in March, you know, a lot of people, ourselves likely included here, yeah, yeah. were bracing for the worst. Of course, right? they were. We Absolutely. thought people were just going to sell off their homes, get some cash, CMA, maybe run to the woods. CMHC came out said your property is going to drop by twenty percent. Yeah, you know. There you and, go. And so everyone was staring down terror mm-hmm. and, and fear, mm-hmm. right? And but that the, just didn't happen. Well, it didn't, yeah. And it, that, it didn't happen by design, Yeah. right? When, when yeah. the banks calmed the nerves with the deferrals, when the government offered up thousands of dollars to keep businesses afloat. and people afloat best they could. Yeah. You know, and the it, banks bought in. Yeah. Right? That was mm-hmm. the other big part. It was a big buy-in from, from the financial institutions, but ultimately, did they have a choice? Mm-hmm. You know, they were probably staring down a lot worse. That's right. And of course, they drove interest rates down, and yeah. we saw the same thing happen in the States, but largely to protect their stock market. Yeah. You know, so again, uh, this year has been upside down for <laughs> a lot of reasons, a lot of people, but it's also really kind of, for me, shone a light on the level of influence our banks and government have on the assets that they want to protect. And it sounds like to me, based on 
the history, looking back for a second, is that the U.S. government has a, s- a significant interest in protecting their stocks and bonds, and the Canadian government has a particular interest in protecting its housing market, which is where you see the largest, I think, uh, amounts of money in, in both markets for each respective country. Um, you know, that being said, um, I think that kind of brings us to the moral of our story, which is, uh, obviously be aware of the fact of an inverse relationship in any environment, but ultimately understand that you should be buying U S stocks and in long-term Canadian real estate. Yeah, that's, it, it feels like a safe bet now. Obviously nothing is guaranteed. I'll repeat that. Nothing yeah. is guaranteed, right? There's yeah. anything different can happen tomorrow. Um, but again, it, it's what's happened this year is is undeniable. It's obviously worth uh, a second look. And, and, you know, they're basically saying, look, it, money in the bank is not going to get you the returns you need to have a, a, a healthy retirement. Yeah. Rates may continue to go lower, right? The yeah. negative the interest term, rates yeah. are not off the table, yeah. which literally means if your money is in the bank, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Yeah. Right. So that's why people, they're recognizing this and it's already negative interest rates have already happened in some countries. And that's why people are moving out of, you know, things like 10 year bonds yeah. and, and putting them into other asset classes that are outperforming. And I think I'll, we'll, we'll end it on this. Um, Cause the, a lot of what we've shared today is interesting stuff, but there's some realities to it too. And that being that there is a tremendous wealth gap that is occurring, right? You've, you're hearing a lot of it from the people who don't have any money and you're seeing a lot of movement by the people who do have money. What we're saying here is listen, get educated so you can decide how to take advantage of the situation here because what's happening in our marketplaces, the evolution that's coming, it's going to further separate people. So education and getting yourself involved is how you protect yourself in the long run. Thank you everyone so much for listening to this week's podcast and for more information on us and uh, how we help people buy, sell and invest in Vancouver real estate, please visit thevancouverlife.com. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.